Welcome to another episode of Reptile Fight Club. We're fighting it out today. This is Justin Julander, co-host, and with me as always is Chuck Coleman. Hello. <laughs> I can actually hear him this week, so that's yes. good. <laughs> we, we apparently had to redo this episode due to some technical difficulties, which magically fixed themselves uh, with, with no work on my end, so... I don't know. I, I, Justin was saying it was on my end, but I, I claim that he just flipped his little switch and he fixed it. So whatever it is, I'm glad it's done. <laughs> hey, if I could have fixed it, I would have. I don't. I don't want to re-record this. I don't know. It just it's no, hard no beating no, beating up on you so hardcore and then having to do it all over again. You know. <laughs> oh, don't don't you know it? I mean, listen. Uh, I, I, I'm the one with the lashings on my back. You you just walk away with a smile, a coin, one coin toss, and a smile. Uh, well, um, yeah. So we're we're re-recording, and and hopefully it'll work out a little better this time. We're nice and polished. We know each other's game now, so who knows how this is going to end? But yeah, yeah. Probably. So anything new? I, I can't remember what we talked about last time. But yeah. um, no, no. I mean, not much new. I I I um. I am after some Felsuma Barbonica. Um, so that's, that's kind of new. I'm, I'm kind of, um, probably, probably another couple weeks or a month they'll be ready. But, um, yeah, I, uh, I'm excited for that. Um, Oh yeah. They get the manual Van Hagen stamp of approval. You can't go wrong with that. Well, it's funny when you, when you go on to iNaturalist, uh, that, you know, like when you look at who, um, who the photo credits go to, they're all Emmanuel Van Hagen's oh, yeah. photos. And I'm sure yeah. they're probably pretty sweet photos too. Yeah. Oh, of course. They're, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, as a matter of fact, when I was, uh, when I was looking at them, all I could think about was big old Emmanuel Van Hagen down in the oh, mud, yeah. like taking the photo. So yeah, yeah. You, you, you put that iconic, uh, thought in my head when I was looking <laughs> at those photos. So that was really oh, yeah. funny. I got to witness that, man. I, I wasn't about to lay down in the mud, but he was down there to get yeah. the right shot, the right angle. Like he, well, he's and, the real deal, man. And lucky awesome. you. I mean, I met him at, at NARBC. I, I I mean, you got to actually herp with him. And, yeah. and you're right, that that booming voice and just his yeah. personality. And he's just he's just fun. He's a fun dude. So yeah. Um, he talked yeah. at uh Herpeton as well. So I got to oh, listen to yeah, him. See. And that's where it stuck in my head, Borbonica. He kept yeah. <laughs> he repeated it many times because I I think that's i think i'm pretty sure he said that was his favorite gecko so I'll yeah have to well they're pretty they're yeah. pretty cool oh they're, they're pretty cool, cool looking, so yeah yeah i'm surprised um, you didn't pull the trigger at the narbc we saw him in person yeah, yeah just, no i well so you want to um, do research you I, do I, it yeah I, I did i i did and um you know i don't know if you know john woodward but i got one yeah. of my williams eye from him okay. and he he has uh five unsexed uh, animals that he put up and I'm like, ah, I'm doing it. I'm just going to do it. So, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's, he's man, he's, he's killing me, dude. He's, he's got some, uh, like a, another Legodactylus species that I was kind of like, Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Yellow headed geckos. Those are kind of cool. I could do that too. Like, so it's yeah. just like, I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'm falling down the rabbit hole <laughs> when it comes to, to, to small, uh, uh, Madagascar and ish ish area geckos. So, yeah. um, well, it's hard to beat a nice day gecko. They're just I, nice to look at out during the day. Yeah. You well, can and they do, nice. they definitely do well in my room. My room's kind of, uh, like, you know, we talked about on the previous podcast, it's kind of that Terry Phillip middle of the road, um, you know, room and, and, 
all those geckos seem to do really well in that, in yeah. that, in that middle of the road temperature. So it, yeah. it works out, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, they're fun. They're active and, and they're mm-hmm. fun to look at. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really That's enjoying, cool. I'm enjoying this dive. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? I, how about you? I, uh, got, got two clutches of eggs today. So from my, uh, um, clone geckos or you know, nice, my, my, uh, oh, what's the scientific name? <laughs> I always space on that lepto or lubrigus. Uh, yeah. Anyway, they're, they're cool. And, uh, I'm, I'm running out of, uh, egg laying sites. So I bought some, um, bought some more off of Amazon there. I'm using the, um, quarter, uh, roll. They're like square tubes, so they don't roll. Mm. And then I can just set them on the, uh, in the cage and they lay their eggs in there and it's worked out really nicely. So, nice. Um, yeah, kind of a, an easy way to do it. And then I can label, you know, the, the top side where, you know, to keep the orientation the same. And then I just take them out and put them in an incubation container, just take them right out of the cage. So they've been pretty good about just laying in there. They haven't laid them anywhere else in the cage. So that's nice. nice. I've got a pretty simplistic setup. Just, yeah. uh, I, I was, I had them in a really thick, uh, naturalistic vivarium and, um, they just weren't thriving and I couldn't monitor their feeding very well. And they were just kind of failing to thrive and the, and the food I would put in there would get moldy really quick. And it was just not the best situation. Uh-huh. Actually, one of, one of the original ones that I got, uh, died in, inside the cage. And, um, so, you know, I figured I'm going to set them up a little more I simplistically mean- so I can keep track of them. I think certainly the those heavily you know heavily naturalistic uh, planted vivariums or, or terrariums you know can can be a little tough for that just that reason is they're they're so biotic and they've got yeah. a lot of they got a lot of natural factors going on to manage and and yeah. uh, that that can be tough that can be and, tough and I never really saw them like they were yeah I, I, I probably should get some I'm I'm actually looking for a couple. Uh, I've got a couple empty cages at work and I'm thinking about putting some stuff in them. And I, of course I, you I are. What, to, what, 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 what do you do with empty cages? God damn, you fill them. <laughs> Brody's got some, uh, some nice, uh, collared lizards and I was gonna, I don't know. I'm, I'm still debating on that one. I, I wanted to pick up a pair and yeah. I'm like, well, he breeds them. So that would be kind of, you know, double duty there. So I'm not sure. You know, maybe I'll just get one and put in there and just enjoy the one. But and then when are you thinking, when are you going to get your Euromastics? Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I think I'd need more of a big, you know, more of a complete setup for those guys, a larger setup. So yeah, this is sure. yeah, probably yeah. good, and it might be a little on the small side for collards too. So that's kind of making me pause a bit and yeah. thinking, rethinking that. But I I think I'd like to get some. Uh, strophurus in there you know seeing some of the strophurus um ciliaris and some of the other species at the narbc show made me think well maybe strophurus would be the way to go australian geckos it would be on you know yeah brand kind of up here <laughs> and, uh, yeah 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 still and, and still I, in I've never kept any of the strophurus, so that would be cool. I kept some oidura geckos for a little while, got some eggs out of theirs, but I never hatched any. So, and strophurus are kind of a little more day active. They come out and bask. They're you, they, you see them more frequently, so I mm-hmm. think that would be fun to have uh, to to watch from my desk at work. And I've got a you know roach colony in there, so I could feed them pretty easily. And I actually uh, threw some mealworm beetles in there, and so the the mealworms have been doing well in the roach colony. So they'll go down and eat nice. the, the roach food and and eat the. I, I don't know if they're feeding on you know the middens or whatever it's called the 
the the feces of the roaches, but they I see mealworms in there all the time, and I see the beetles every once in a while. So they're uh, doing well. It's kind of a nice joint uh, uh, colony of yeah. roaches and mealworms. But so anyway, yeah, that's kind of what's going do you, on. Here. Do I you got, have a, do you have a hard time concentrating at work sometimes, just watching your animals that you have there? A little I think bit. I would I mean, get distracted. Yeah, I think I would. Fun. I think I, I, I think would take the, a, I would take the time to take a break for that. Yeah, I had dart frogs in there a while back, and they were a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, and, and I, I enjoyed that. But the fruit flies are a headache. That's oh yeah, fun. so for sure. that was not the the best. But it was it was really fun to watch that. And then I had a bunch of little cups with tadpoles, but those tadpoles take forever to morph. Yeah. So yeah, that was a like a long project. But I would like to. Um, I, I've, I've got some crested geckos in there and they just laid some more eggs. I have a couple colonies of cresteds and, um, got some eggs from my really nice red pair that I got from a grad student. Um, he left some eggs when he graduated and moved on. So, um, I've been, uh, keeping those and, you know, producing some here and there, mostly going out to friends. You know, I don't, I don't really know the crested gecko scene and it's like, uh, some of those things I think, oh man, how, how are there so many crested gecko breeders? And now yeah. here I am just adding to the mix, but they're, they're enjoyable species to keep. And I think it's kind of cool. I, you know, they're pretty close to Australia, so yeah, kind of, you know, up my alley, but, um, so they've been fun. I, I probably ought to get a pair of leeches or something just to have, I, you know, yeah, be I've cool. been. I know. I think, I think I'm going to try and sell my wife on some lychees by kind of doing them like my daughter's pets kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) And and the girls will totally love lychees. Like that'll be like that. That's just, that's just their flex. So I see this as a, as a plannable win-win for the future. We'll have to see. I'll update you all later. That'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it's it's about time for breeding season again here. I've been it, it is right what I want to pair and how many I want to produce and how much work I want to have in the, yeah. in the spring and summer. So yeah, no, uh, I was kind of lis- listening to the uh, NPR with uh, with uh, Brandon Wheeler, and they were just kind of talking about what they're going to pair and all this stuff. And I'm like, gosh, man, we are. We're yeah. right. Like we're here. We go. You know. So. Yeah. Um, with the geckos and it's a little different they kind of are, are like they just go pretty much all year and then they they may cool down for the winter a little bit but they're uh yeah it's kind of funny how yeah. the difference between pythons and geckos you know yeah yeah, yeah. all right well yeah they kind of um, take a break a little break and then do it mm-hmm. again but yeah yeah. Sorry, yeah. It's, you've always got another clutch or two in the, in the wings. I, I got surprised yeah. with another Amy a clutch. I didn't think she was going to lay again. And so it was nice. So I've got those eggs. Incubated. That's the last eggs I have in my incubator. Sorry. Sweet. I look back at my incubator when I talk about it. So <laughs> Is it there? A little doctor there effect are. there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Justin does a fly by. Talking to the microphone, but, um, should we, uh, get to fighting here? Oh Yeah. All right. Well, uh, today's topic is culling. Should we or should we not cull? Are there reasons we should or shouldn't cull? Um, we'll discuss kind of both sides of that topic and uh, see see what see what comes out. So uh, we'll go ahead with the coin toss. I, this I, is your I predict favorite a, part. I <laughs> predict a giant so, ass whooping. Yeah. Well, just just whatever you're gonna pick, pick the opposite. <laughs> God damn! It's like my my daughter. She like when we go out into the reptile room. Every time she says he or her about a snake, she always gets it wrong. It's all Ashley just can't get it 
the genders right on my animals out in the reptile room. It's so funny. Yeah. I always know like if she says it's a boy, it's going to be a girl or vice versa. So I should just have her help me sex them and be like, okay, what's this one boy? Okay. I'm going to, I should just have her. I just should have her call the coin toss and then be yeah. like, whatever, what opposite, whatever she said. Well, it she, might be opposite. She might get I, coin tosses right. She's that's she's true. Daughter after all. She is a Jewlander. That is true. <laughs> I, I apparently don't do coin tosses so well. Okay. Go ahead and call it. All right. Heads. It's t- tails. See? No, I believe <laughs> oh, you. Oh, man. It's just... that's, that's hilarious. I. I don't so, know. So, don't, you know, don't go to Vegas anytime. No, no, soon. <laughs> listen, so check it out. So, so when I was in high school, right, like I had this buddy, Jake, and Jake would like get into just these nefarious things and just completely get away with them. Uh-huh. And I was never, I was never that guy. You know what I mean? I would always like, <laughs> always I would get caught. get caught for stuff. So uh-huh. I, I, I've always been a rule follower. And <laughs> this is, this is why is because yeah. I lose. Yeah you know, 98% of the coin tosses that I throw. I don't gamble in Vegas. Like, you know, there's a reason for all this. So I, you know, I just, I, you know, I, I I lay bare my luck uh, for, and and this is why, this is why Tracy is such a big deal for me because I don't have luck like that. Okay. You know, it's all skill and that's all it is. is Skill. (laughs) No luck involved. Yeah. yeah, Well, I don't know. I I think, I think lightning strikes three times. I think you're, you can safely call it right. If it'll strike, if it'll strike one more time and I get a clutch, then that's good for me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Okay. Well, I, I think I will take the nay side. That you should not call. Shouldn't call. Yeah. Okay. I mean, or the, or the negative aspects of calling. And so, yeah, I mean, obviously (laughs) I'll, uh, and, and I'll, I'll defer to you. So I'll, I'll shut my mouth and let you start. Sure. Yeah. Sure. All right. So, I mean, I feel like this is old hat because we've 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 done this show. So he knows <laughs> he knows what I'm already going to say. And he's uh, he's smirking. Just waiting. He's, he's the trap is up. set. Yeah, the, the, the <laughs> trap is set. I'm going to get my other leg chewed off here in a minute, folks. Um, so so why Colleen is is um, is OK or or why we should, uh, I, you know, I think that um it's a touchy subject. Uh, the last time this subject really came to bear was, uh, back in the MP days, Sean Christian brought it up and everyone lost their freaking mind over it. And I understand, I understand why people lose their mind over it. I mean, you know, and, and so I think first off, uh, I would establish that, that culling is something that is probably a breeder only type of thing. I don't see any reason why, you know, your, your average reptile keeper, um, needs to be culling any animals. And when you do think about culling animals, you want to think about, you know, how, how is that done humanely? Um, I think, you know, uh, Hey, you're taking my side here. No, no, I'm just, I'm setting up some, why we shouldn't I'm, set, I'm, set, I'm setting, some gra- I'm setting some ground rules here before I go in. Okay. Just, just, just let me stake off my property <laughs> right, lines, sir. Right. I'll try to be patient. Um, I'm just, I'm just so, trying to snap. Yeah. Yeah. Spring yeah. that trap early. <laughs> 
I know. I got, I got you. I know how you operate. I know how you operate. So, um, so all of that said, you know, I, you know, I, I, I don't really see a reason for, you know, your average keeper to be calling animals. Um, for breeders though, I think, you know, we see plenty of neurological issues. We see snakes with, with problems. And I, I think I, I do truly think that, you know, um, you can get, uh, animals that, that, you know, through their line breeding or through their, you know, morph combinations become just not viable. And, um, you know, perhaps taking them out of the gene pool is the correct thing to do. I mean, I, I think you look into nature, uh, you see that nature, uh, non-discriminate, you know, no, no feeling, no, no apology will deselect the weak, um, uh, from the gene pool. You can see it on national geographic. Every time a lion takes down the weakest of the herd, um, or, you know, takes the easy, the easy prey, which is often the slowest or the sickest, or, you know, uh, sometimes the youngest. So maybe the young one takes it for the team, but um, I think that's kind of probably how I'd start. Um, and I will just allow you to retort. <laughs> yeah, yes, let's get that. Exactly. exactly. Um, no, I mean, obviously that that's kind of what I was going to, going to start out with is, ha! is that there are of course times when you need to call an animal, euthanize an animal. And that's typically when there's severe disease, you know, if, if they're suffering and there's not much chance of recovery, um, then it's, it's probably a good time. Now it's difficult with reptiles because you don't usually know they're sick until it's, it's pretty far in. So that's yeah. kind of tricky to make that call, uh, because they do a good job of faking us out to show, Oh, everything's great. And then, you know, two days later, they're, they're crashed or they're, they're dead, you know? So, um, it's a little difficult to, to make the call. And, and, you know, I do think that if you, if you have a sick animal, um, for the most part, you should try to seek, you know, veterinary help for that animal and not just put it down because it's an inconvenience. Now, of course, if you've got a giant breeding operation and it's your livelihood and all of a sudden you've got a bunch of animals that are, are sick and, and it's spreading through your colony. Yeah, obviously, you know, you need to put a stop to that. And that's kind of more along the lines of farming or, you know, a big operation yeah, rather sure. than a hobbyist or pet keeper. Yeah. But, you know, say if I, I'm not a huge breeder, I've got a fairly manageable collection. If I have an animal that's sick, I, I have a veterinary um, friends that can help me out with that. You know, I can take mm -hmm. it into the, the diagnostics lab up at my uh, university and, and have somebody help me out there. Um, so it was, it was really convenient when I had a graduate student who was a vet <laughs> because he could, uh, really, uh, you know, come on over and check it out and he couldn't complain about it because I was a major professor. Yeah. No. Right. Exactly. <laughs> of course I never, I never I see, forced him into that. Yeah. Thing, but, I see you know. how you hold feet to the But fire. he was very nice and, and very, you know, helpful. And I, you know, I was nice to him. I let him use my uh, male crested gecko to breed his females and stuff. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, but anyway, you, but you uh, bear trap your co-hosts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey man, this is fight club. This yeah, is no, fight no club. Whining There's no whining club. in fight club. <laughs> Yay. You're right. You're right. That's fair. That's uh, fair. But so, you know, there, aside from those obvious things, I mean, I think the, the first step is not to say, oh, it's, it's sick. We better put it down. You know, let, let's, you know, um, let's try to get it some veterinary care. So I would say there's, there's probably relatively few 
um, reasons to call an animal. Now, um, should I let you go now or should I bring up another point? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Another point. So I, I think the, the, the thing that got everybody up in arms, um, on the forums was that, you know, he was talking about taking less desirable phenotypes and feet that are healthy and could make somebody a wonderful pet and feeding those off to like a king cobra or something, you know, that was mm-hmm. kind of like the, the attitude of like, ah, I didn't want these. These aren't, these aren't going to make me any money. So I'm going to feed them off to a king cobra. And everybody's like, Oh no, that's not appropriate. That's not the way to do it. And if you're going to do it, why would you bring it onto the forums and talk about it here? You know, it's, yeah. it, it just seemed to like, like, what are, you know, what kind of point are you trying to make here? You know, we like these animals. <laughs> we like carpet pythons. We don't want to see them right. be food just because they don't have the gene you want they, them to have. You know, they were like, um, not the, the normal vert, you know, the normal offspring of coastal to, to Jaguar. Right. And, and he was, you know, yeah. wanting Jaguars. <laughs> it's like, well, actually it's probably the Jaguars you should be feeding to the King. Yeah. Cobra, I was just going to say, know, now, based now, on now I would say argument. that's yeah. flipped. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so, um, I think that's why everybody got upset and rightly so. I think that's kind of a, uh, you know, I mean, unless you're just in it for the money and you just want to, you know, maximize your dollar and and keep the most desirable morphs and feed everything off to a snake because you don't want to mess with it. Now there's other avenues for that. We talked about wholesaling and things like that. So I I think that's, that's the vehemence. And I would side with that, that no, you don't just call an animal because it doesn't have the appropriate genetic combination that you wanted. So I think to respond to that, um, Mm -hmm. I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not arguing against that, but here's what I will say is that, uh, you know, we feed off live rodents all the time. Uh, we feed off all kinds of other insects and all, you know, uh, all, all manner of feeders. Um, and we don't bat an eye at that because that's the the cycle of life. Right. And so, you know, the idea that you can take, um, you know, a, a snake that you produce and feed it to a blackhead or a cobra or whatever shouldn't be for, for all of us, big boy, um, you know, snake breeders and, and, and animal keepers that, that shouldn't be, a uh, 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 you know, an over the line kind of thing. Now, should you bring it onto a forum where everybody likes carpets and make it kind of an incendiary comment uh, or, or thread? Like, no, probably not. You're probably not, you're going to get the wrong rise out of people, but from just from, just from a, a, this is okay, but that's not okay. Kind of, you know, tact or whatever Mm -hmm. i don't see any difference in feeding off a a a snake that you produced uh and you know feeding a a rodent or anything else um you know and and you know maybe don't advertise that you're you're you you take animals that maybe you didn't necessarily plan to use as a feeder but that you have you know snakes that now let's just say that um, you were a King Cobra breeder and you, you know, bred ball pythons and, and, you know, probably not the greatest snake, maybe retics or something like that, where you can get a bunch of them. Um, and, and, you know, you fed off, w- would people flip out about that, you know? And I think part of that depends on your audience. And, and so, you know, that's a little removed from calling, but I, I think it, it follows in the same kind of, um, 
you know, mental thought process around like, why is this okay, but this isn't okay. And, and, you know, I mean, there, there's, there's all manner of things like Jags is a good example. Like people are willing to deal with fall off the perch neuro animals and, and they live, they breed, they, they do their life. Um, and you know, they're, they're, we have no idea whether or not they're suffering from that. Um, but uh, you know, the, uh, the argument might be, well, you know, that's not a healthy animal. Sure. Uh, now is that mean that, that, you know, we should be calling Jags that are neuro. Well, it seems like we've had the issue with neuro where perfectly normal Jags can get neuro. So it's just a thing with Jags. Right. Um, but I, I, I do, I do think that, um, you know, if, if we're talking about strong, genetic populations that don't get deselected in the wild, um, then, then, then we have to entertain the idea of calling for genetic strength. It's not a popular thing. It's not something we should advertise out to people. Uh, and it should be done in, in the most humane way possible. But, you know, when we're taking animals out of the wild and removing them from the natural selection process and doing artificial selection, I mean, isn't culling that another word for the natural selection or deselection that we do? I mean, yeah. Once you take it out of the wild and put it in your care, um, you've kind of removed those selective pressures, right? You're sure. Not, you're not allowing predators into the, <laughs> into the cage with the, with your animals or setting up some naturalistic way in the, in that regard for the most part. Um, now I would say, I, you know, I yeah. agree wholeheartedly that, um, if you're going to feed off, it seems like a lot of these, you know, people that are feeding snakes to King Cobras are doing it for shock value. Like they're taking like some rare morph and feeding it to the to the king cobra showing you know sure. take this you ball python breeders you know which yeah, which is and, and, which is inappropriate you know yeah, that absolutely. shouldn't be that, that, that shouldn't be put out on, yeah. you know that just makes us look like a bunch of you know in barbarians barbarians yeah. Yeah. yeah so and and there's ways to properly you know we we euthanize our our feeders a lot of times i mean sometimes you know they we don't and there is some debate whether or not you know co2 euthanasia which is most commonly used for mm-hmm. for euthanizing feeders um for for rodents um is you know more or less humane than allowing a snake to kill the rodent because the mm-hmm. snake can you know a good a python can kill a rodent fairly quickly with constriction uh, a venomous snake of course can can kill a rodent fairly quickly with, with, you know, an appropriate sized food item. So, um, you know, that, that is debatable and, and it's hard to say. So maybe and, the uh, same but, goes for but feeding ni- But neither is a painless death. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I don't think it's possible to have a completely painless death. They, there right. is some, you know, question if, if uh, CO2 euthanasia is more euphoric, if they actually have pain. I mean, they're saying that, oh, the mice start jumping around and, and they're showing stress, signs of stress. So they know that they're going to die kind of thing. Yeah. So, you know, it, it is really hard to say. Now, when I euthanize uh, mice with, with CO2, it seems to happen pretty quickly, you know, within mm-hmm. 10, 15 seconds. But also, yeah. uh, you know, a snake can constrict a mouse pretty quickly, you know, within yeah. 10 to 15 seconds, seconds as well. So, 
you know, that's, that's debatable. And, Mm -hmm. but I, but I do think, you know, to, to use it as a way to, to show off or to get clicks or to get attention or whatever, you know, is definitely inappropriate. And yeah. Gro- grossly, grossly yeah. inappropriate. Yeah. And, and I, I also disagree. Like, I, I think that, you know, I, I don't think that people should be putting up live feed videos either of even no. a snake killing a rodent. You know, I don't think it's, it's appropriate to celebrate death in any way. That's, that's my personal belief. And and I think, you know, if you respect a snake and you respect, you, you wouldn't want to see a, a snake being killed why would you want to show somebody, you know, a rodent being killed? It's, it may be the same for them as it is you, I don't like to see spiders killed or, or bugs, you know, in, you know, stepped on for no reason that uh, just yeah. doesn't, I mean, I'll swat a mosquito all day. if they're, you know. <laughs> So I'm a little bit of a hypocrite, but you know, if there's a snake, if there's a spider in the house, I will try to take it outside or put it in a spot where it can maybe catch some, you know, bugs that are, but you do, you, you, you research emerging tropical viruses. So you and mosquitoes (laughs) have some history, right? Oh yeah. I get it. I get it. They kill more, (laughs) more people than anybody. So I guess if if anything deserves it, it's a mosquito. (laughs) Um, but anyway, you know, (laughs) that aside, I, I think, uh, it's very important to value life, you know? And so if you're going to, uh, euthanize an animal, uh, you know, back in the day, like even in the lab setting, you know, these researchers would just kind of smack the mouse on or the rat on the side of the table. And sometimes that would get the job done. Other times it wouldn't, or sometimes they would knock their nose and there'd be, you know, blah, just Whatever, a horrible yeah. scene, you know, he, that's yeah. not appropriate. And so there yeah. were measures taken to correct that behavior. And so now we have uh, veterinary or, or medically approved euthanasia measures that we use in the lab. And that includes, you know, may include um, CO2, uh, asphyxiation, or it may include chemical, um, injection. Um, and it, it can include, uh, cervical dislocation. Mm-hmm. I think that's a conditionally, um, approved method. And you actually, they used to have it where you, you know, could play something behind the neck and pull the tail kind of thing, but sometimes that wouldn't work out. So that's not approved anymore. Now it's, it's almost, you have to, um, physically pinch the cervical, uh, you know, between the cervical dislocate it with your fingers, dislocate it with your fingers. And so, you know, if, if you're going to feed off a snake to your, you know, King Cobra or whatever, it's probably a good idea. You know, I, I guess it could be debated to say, you know, maybe you, um, feed it live and, and let the animal have natural behaviors. And, and it could be that that may be a fast and, and relatively humane way for the, the prey animal to, to die. But at the same time, it should be done with respect mm-hmm. and, you know, with, with, uh, um, care for the, for the prey animal. Right. And, and if you can, it's, it's probably a good idea to euthanize the animal humanely. And, and, you know, like, I think a lot of people will say, oh, just chuck it in the freezer, you know? And, and I, yeah, I, that's I my, one that's of my a, least favorite. I, yeah. I, I, I mean, you know, I, <laughs> you know, uh, it's hard for me to I, I I get I get the argument of why, you know, uh, why reptiles in a freezer don't, quote unquote, feel pain or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I, but I, I'm not so sure I, I buy that. I, I mean, I think that, you know, uh, they certainly don't freeze to death like that. And, yeah. And yeah. you can certainly see how and I think we're figuring out how cold tolerant snakes can be. 
So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I get it. They get down to freezing fairly quickly, but they're, they're suffering. They're definitely suffering. Yeah. Um, and, and formation of ice crystals in, you know, oh, yeah. in, 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 in tissues, tissues and yeah. stuff, you know, is, is yeah. definitely um, something that can cause pain. And so, yeah. and we don't know how, you know, their perception is. So, you know, we don't want to be chancing it if possible. So yeah. I would, I would suggest, you know, the, I, I mean, in, in the lab, another approved method of euthanasia, especially if you need, um, certain, you know, uh, bioanalytes from the blood is, uh, decapitation. And so, you know, that's a quick and painless death. It's not, not the most fun way to euthanize an animal, of course. And, and that's, again, you know, should be done with, with care for and concern for the prey animal, but it is, it is a fast and, and painless, uh, relatively painless death or or rapid uh, death. Well, and, 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 you know, to be honest with you, like these people who, you know, say like, well, you just chuck it in the freezer. Well, it's, that's easy for them to just put it in a freezer and walk away from it. And they come back and it's dead and frozen. But if you actually have to get your hands dirty, so to speak, um, you know, I, I just, you know, as somebody who's hunted and I don't really hunt anymore, I shoot for fun, but Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, I, I don't need to take an animal's life, so I don't take animal's lives. Mm-hmm. So, um, if, you know, but if the day came where I had to shoot an animal to feed myself, like, psh, yeah, I, I'm gutting it and I'm cleaning it and I'm cooking it and I'm doing the whole thing. So, yeah. you know, I, I, I do think that, you know, there's, there's, there's kind of a moral responsibility, but yet at the same time, like you kind of have to, um, you, you, you know, you, you, there are times when it is appropriate and when it is appropriate, you go ahead and you do it. Uh, but you do it in the, in the most humane way you can. Um, and you know, I, I just, I think it's, it's easy to say that culling is in no way appropriate ever because these things are captive and we had, there's no reason to do that. And I just think that that's a naive approach to, to the way life is. And I think somebody who, you know, I mean, I mean, I think people who develop horrible human disease at some point in their disease say, man, just can I get this over with? This is I am suffering. This is awful. And I'm not pretending to make uh, a statement on behalf of suffering animals. I'm, I'm just saying that, you know, uh, you don't know what an animal's going through. And that's kind of the tough part, right? That's what, that's the, the, the two sides I'm kind of talking about is, is if you act unnecessarily, then you're being hasty and premature. But if you don't, then, then you're being, you know, you're being callous because you think you're being caring. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think, uh, another aspect of this too, is, you know, a lot of times, um, reptiles, take you know they take a long time to die if if left to starve or or you know left to their own you know left without appropriate temperatures in their cage things like that you know they can kind of keep going on and on i i was really um i you know i that's it's really hard to sell animals sometimes because you know a lot of the animals you sell are probably going to be neglected in some way you know and that's that's hard sometimes as, as, uh, somebody who breeds and sells animals, you know, to some extent, I mean, I'm a terrible salesman, so I 
keep most of the stuff I produce, but probably doing your probably (laughs) doing the animals you produce a favor, right? Yeah, (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's probably that's not a fair. Yeah, that's not. There's definitely people out there that give them a better life and can you know give them larger enclosure or more, um, you know, more whatever, uh, than I can. And, and I welcome that, you know, I, I want, I mm-hmm. seek out those buyers that can do a better job with, with that one animal than, than I can, you know, where I have C- multiple animals. And, you know, I think I, I like the idea of moving away from, you know, everybody has to buy into the reptile pyramid scheme. Like you can't just buy one and keep it as a pet. You have to buy a pair and breed them. You know, I, I, I'm hoping we're getting away from that a little bit in large part. You know, I think we can enjoy reptiles without breeding them. Of course, breeding them is, is great and I enjoy it. And it's, you know, there's not much better than to see a baby hatch out of an egg, but you know, there's other things we can just keep and just enjoy. We don't have to necessarily breed it, but anyway, that's kind of aside the point. But, um, the other thing, you know, if, if, if animals are, are languishing, um, you know, I basically, that's kind of an inhumane method of euthanasia. Instead mm-hmm. of allowing an animal to suffer and, you know, needlessly meet an end because you've lost interest or whatever, find somebody who will give it a good home and give it to them, you know, give it away. I see so many like, you know, less than ideal animals out there being sold on, you know, various classified forums. And it's like, why are you trying to sell this, you know, half dead animal and trying to make as much money as you bought it for, you know, you see overpriced animals and, you know, the cages are, are in terrible condition, but they want like, they're knocking 20 bucks off of the price they paid for it, you know? And I, I think that's a, another avenue of, of, you know, this, this aspect of calling animals, they're calling it by neglect. You know, I, I think that definitely is, is, should be, you know, done away with, and we should not have this attitude of animal equals dollar sign. You know, I put this much in, I need to get this much out, you know, that, that needs to go away. And I, I've been kind of encouraged, like some of, some friends on the, you know, um, I'll, I'll, I'll drop a name, Eric Burke. He, he was nice enough to, uh, send me some animals and I, I, uh, kind of returned the favor and, and sent him some animals, you know, it's, and, and I think he's talked about that on the podcast where he'd rather just see him, you know, go to somebody that will appreciate him and enjoy mm-hmm. him rather than make money off him. I think he's kind of to that next stage of, you know, I've, I've kind of kept in bread and I, I got over that whole, got to make uh, lots of morphs so I can, you know, make lots of money kind of aspect. And so that I, I, I encourage that and I welcome that, you know, change yeah. for, and I, and I hope more, more people follow that, uh, mm-hmm. that attitude and that, um, mindset of, you know, let's, let's enjoy these animals together. Let's not worry about how much money we can make off of them and things. So, yeah. you know, I, I guess, you know, people need to pay their bills and there are some people that, uh, pay their bills fully through animal sales. Um, me, I just, you know, selling the animals here and there lets me keep the lights on, you know, and, and, yep. and add to the collection or, or, um, add bigger caging or better lighting and things like that. So that's kind of the, well, I, I'm always trying to improve my, my animals, you know, lives if I, if I can. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, uh, 
the the last NPR with Wheeler, uh, that's kind of what they were talking about too. Is yeah. like if you got into carpets to make money, <laughs> you fucked up. <laughs> like you're not gonna. And that's true. I mean, it is true. Like if you to to really and and especially with where we're moving with with, with trying to up you know, up our, our husbandry and, and our environmental game, um, you know, the, the captive environment game, uh, I'm spending so I'm just hemorrhaging money out my nose, trying to provide the best, uh, environment for my animals, which is absolutely fine with me. Cause I don't, you know, I, I don't, I don't care about making money off of anything that I do. Now, if I can, you know, put more William Psy out in the world or give a kid a, a day gecko that they're going to love or, you know, make some more Halmaheras uh, for uh, the captive, you know, scrubs, scrub lovers of the world, like I'm fucking down for that. You know, that that's that's what I'm that's what I'm about. But, you know, just the 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 chasing the money thing and you just I, I don't know, man, I, I feel like you can see why people get so muddied with some of their, you know, um, ambitions when yeah. it comes to snakes and 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 the the, the profit scheming and all this stuff mm-hmm. and i get you know I, I i'm not the 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 doing it for a living and doing what you love is not lost on me either sure. right? I, I don't yeah. look at it like oh you just you know now you do it for money and th- that's what you no, no 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 man don't 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 get it twisted there's there's a lot of great people doing great things uh and they and they do it all the time you know um and so yeah. i you know i i uh and i think like they were talking about todd you know dyer and and just how talented he is and i was just like man they are they're 100 percent right because i've never met anybody who reads snakes so well i mean that dude is he's he's spot mm-hmm. on reading snakes. yeah and, and, oh yeah uh, it was just, it, yeah. it is, it's impressive to kind of talk to him and hang out with him. And so, yeah. you know, there's definitely those people who make a living at it and who are super the real deal. But I, I do think it's that idea of, you know, seeing the Nick Mutton or seeing the Todd Dyer and, and thinking like, oh, I want to do that. I want to, and there's, I'm not yeah. saying there's anything wrong with that, but it perpetuates this idea that everybody has to be that, that snake yeah. breeder guy. Yeah. And, and, and that's when I think the, you know, in the desperation to do that, some of the, you know, some people get, some of their motivations get muddied and, yeah. and it's, it's nice and it's refreshing and, and, you know, to watch the evolution of, of keepers and, and, you know, I, I, I have been comforted to hear so many people change from, you know, one t- tack to like you were saying with Eric of just like, well, you know what, I, I'm not super into these anymore, but I know this person is, I'm going to send these to them because that'll be a great place for those animals to be. And yeah. what, a, you know, what, what a way to keep contributing to the community, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I think, um, there is a progression to kind of how we, we do this thing, but I, you know, I would oh, definitely 100%. say, you know, I, th- there's, there's a better option than, you know, if you're producing too many snakes and you're like, Oh, I don't want this, you know, genetic anomaly, or I don't want this normal. And, you know, and I just want the morphs. So I'm just going to call the, call the ones I don't like. I, I think that's a kind of a selfish, uh, aspect of it or, or just, you know, focus on the money where they could give that to somebody and say, here, you know, have a, have a nice normal ball python, you know, that's Absolutely. one of the hardest things to find anymore as a, you know, normal ball python. It seems a, a little and, more and rare like I said, than you some know, of these other morphs, but. 
uh, up front, I said that I, I thought that culling was was strictly for breeders, and that and that there were certain situations where it applied. And and I I think you make a great point that you know a breeder should try to find a home for something it, just because it's you know maybe not uh you know grade A breeder stock that you're going to sell for top dollar doesn't mean that it's not going to be a great pet for somebody. Um, yeah. And just the idea that every single thing ha- that comes from you has to be perfect all the time. No, it has to be honestly represented all the time, but yeah. it doesn't have to be perfect because anybody who knows, knows nothing that, you know, we do breeding animals or breeding anything and or any, you know, any life is ever perfect. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely think there is a place for calling, but man, you know, you, 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 like you also said that you, you should be looking up front in how you produce animals so that you don't have to call animals on the back end. Right. It's, it's kind of, you know, making good choices on the front end reduces bad, having to make bad choices on the back end. And I'm not saying that calling animals is a bad choice, but if you can avoid having to make that decision by making good decisions on the front end, then you should try to do that. Right. Yeah. Yep. Planning is, you know, goes a long way when you're, For sure. when you're breeding snakes. And, and you know, and, that, and people that learn, the, you know, like not to say that, you know, I wasn't the guy who thought, oh, I'm going to get all these pairs and I'm just going to breed them together and it's going to be great. And then you do that and you're like, oh, that's what that is. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to, <laughs> yeah, I'm I I, that's to too this. much. Yeah. That's too much. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I, I can't afford to do that. I, I, my bad, my bad. That won't yeah. happen again. Right. I, I, I like the uh, example. Um, of uh who, who's the guy that you got some williams eye from the school teacher? oh john uh oh no. uh frank Payne. frank Payne. yeah sorry yeah. I, i'm terrible with names but no, frank good. is is a great kind of role model in that regard where he's kind of selected a few you know relatively underrepresented projects mm-hmm. not he's not you know, doing some giant warehouse full of reptiles. He's got two or three different projects and he's doing them he's, very I think well. He's got a few, I think he's got a few more than that, but like yeah, his yeah. main staple projects. Yeah. Sure. A hundred percent. Like but he's, he's selecting you know, animals that, yeah. that, yeah, people have done poorly with in the past yeah. and he's, yep. he's kind of refining it and yeah. he's just selecting a few that kind of have similar care needs or whatever. And, and, and so I've really admired like, I and, and putting out educational videos and going the whole, you know, nine yards to educate and to show kind of how it's done and, and to, to, uh, do it that way. So I think he's a great example of, um, what, you know, how, how it should be done, you know, Mm -hmm. and we can, we can all kind of uh, learn from his example and, you know, produce, yeah, he doesn't produce a a ton of animals, at least as far as I know, it doesn't seem like he's just cranking them out, you know, but he does well. He He, does well. Yeah. And he, He and he produces some very nice animals. So he puts a lot um, of, he puts a lot of William Cy out. uh, Yeah. And and I mean, a lot of these projects are, are like things that, nobody really breeds. And so he's got the market to himself and what a smart model that is, you know? And I think if we did more of that, instead of jumping on the bandwagon going, Oh, you know, what's the latest, coolest ball python, ball python, or if I got to get that, you know, and then breed that, I mean, that is a way to run a reptile business, but I think a more rewarding way is to select something that you really enjoy Mm -hmm. and you want to keep and and learn about, or you want to, you go see it in the wild and you, you know, kind of see it in its natural um, environment you kind of appreciate it. So you want to see that in your home. 
that's that's the way to go. I think that's sure. such a more fulfilling way than to chase something because it might make you some money. Yeah. And and I I don't think Frank Payne is necessarily hurting for cash. I mean, I think nah. he sells the animals he produces, and he's generally like when I've checked his website, he's been sold out of a lot of yeah. the stuff he has. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and, I, I think his animals move fairly fairly yeah. well. And he does it so well. He gets me considering, oh, maybe I want to breed this chameleon or keep this chameleon species because he does such a great job of showing how cool they are and how colorful they are and, you know, that kind of thing. So, you know, if you can select something that's underrepresented and maybe I I think Joey Muggleston's another great example where he's he's got some you know, project, you know, Xenosaurs and, and his Chinese crocodile lizards and things that traditionally haven't done the best for people or, or aren't necessarily, you know, huge money makers. you know, they have relatively few babies. And so they're not really a, a viable project, you know, people who are breeding shingleback skinks, things like that, you know, where they're not going to mm-hmm. make any money, but they're freaking cool and, and they cost a yeah. lot to get, but you know, you, you get them because that's the only option, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah. Well, I think both of those two guys are very, very talented guys too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, uh, Joe's, Joe, Joe's pretty good, man. He's, yeah. He yeah. produces some pretty cool stuff and it's he pretty, does. pretty yeah. diverse and he's pretty damn consistent. So, yeah. And he's um, a good guy. Like, Oh yeah, know, for sure. He, and so I, I think, you know, there's some really good examples, but I mean, he's running a reptile business and yeah. he's got, a, you know, he's got a lot of animals and, you know, he needs to sell animals to put food on the table and things like that. I mean, he's also a professor and teaches classes and things. So I don't think it's totally, I don't know how you know, he sleeps, dude. Like, yeah, yeah he must be so of, busy, mm-hmm. but you know, that's, uh, he's, he's, uh, a, a good example of things. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I, I think despite their, you know, maybe kind of wrapping it up here, I think there might be some, some reasonable, um, reasons to call an animal, you know, I think disease, but, but first seek, you know, veterinary care. Um, if you have something that's horribly deformed, you know, the, the hearts on the outside of the body or something, of course that needs to be, uh, euthanized. And, and I would say something swift and, and, and effective, you know, so you're not causing the animal undue pain. Um, what do you, what do you think about animals that you like, uh, a line you think maybe going through genetic depression or, or that had that this, you know, uh, just doesn't do well. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, that's, there's, I mean, that's, there's a lot of animals out there that we kind of limp along, you know, because we're trying to feed them something they don't want to eat or, you know, and we're trying to domesticate them by getting them to take the, the commonly available prey. And, you know, it's been successful over the long run for something like a hog nose. You don't have to try to get toads or, you know, scent mm-hmm. with toads. You can feed it a pinky pretty much out of the egg. Um, but, you know, there's others that are a little more tricky. And, you know, I work with the Antaresia that want to eat lizards and I, mm-hmm. you know, I like lizards, so I don't really want to feed them lizards. And I found alternate ways to keep them going. But every once in a while, you'll get one that just refuses. And so, you know, they're, they're a little trickier. And I, but once they hit a certain size, they usually start taking rodents without hesitation and they're mm-hmm. solid the rest of their lives. So as long as you can kind of give them, get them over the hump and get them to that time, then they, they do great. So, you know, it is, it is tricky. You know, I, I agree. There are probably some projects that, um, uh, the, uh, 
Did we talk about lines last time or <laughs> we did? We did. I think, I think, I think last time we talked about the Peterson line, but no, no, I, we, we didn't talk about that line. That line was solid. It was the, yeah, uh, no, I know. And, and then later, later after conferring with the pod father, it was the Sylvester line. Sylvester line. Yeah. Sylvester yeah. line's the one that had the kind of, uh, which is funny because I really, like I don't, I mean, you say that name and I'm like, I remember that name, but I never remember seeing any animals that were from the Sylvester line. Yeah. There were relatively few produced and the ones that were produced kind of didn't do so great. You know, yeah. they took a long time to get going. And then once they kind of got to breeding size, I think they had tumors or they had something where they just. It's they, not a know, tumor. That, that genetic, uh, that, that genetic, whatever it was in, inbreeding yeah. or genetic uh, defect lined up just right with that line and they just kind of weeded themselves out. Yeah. So you don't see them anymore and they've kind of gone away. So I don't know if that's genetic euthanasia. <laughs> They're just uh, well, I mean, genetically it, not fit. And you know, yeah, if, if your animal's suffering, it's not eating again, I would probably recommend seeking uh, veterinary care. And there are um, chemical ways to euthanize animals. And so, you know, you can uh, have the vet give it a, an injection. Um, I can never remember this compound either. The euthazole or is the trade name, um, but it's uh, it, it's used to inject and, and put down an animal. So um, there, there are um, different ways to to do that uh, appropriately. Um, if you could but, whip off the name of all those drugs, I might, I might call you Dr. Pentabarbital. Pentabarbital. Oh my God. <laughs> all right. Dr. Kevorkian. That's the, oh, I didn't know you were going to call me that. See, <laughs> Never mind. I don't you know what the name is. You should have backed Pentabarbital off. has been used, you know, but it, but it needs to, <laughs> yeah, it does need to be uh, injected appropriately properly right you have to hit yeah. the right spot or else it can be painful so you know obviously veterinary um use of pentobarbital is is recommended so and you can't you cannot use a chemical uh euthanasia and then feed it off to something right that would yeah be, yeah that and would then be i would quite bad i would say yeah don't don't do that i i had a, a friend that bought some dog food and was feeding blue tongue skinks and all of a sudden the, the skinks started dying off and he took it to the vet and the vet detected traces of pentobarbital in the skinks and they had eaten this dog food that had pentobarbital in it. It turns out they were supplementing the meat in the dog food with ground up dogs that had been euthanized with pentobarbital. Dude. And so the pentobarbital levels weren't high enough to kill a dog but they were high enough to kill a skink, especially a gravid skink. So my friend lost a lot of gravid uh, females in his breeding colony. So be very careful about where you source your food for your reptiles. Yeah, seriously. That, that's a possibility. Now, I, I talked to my veterinary friend about this I, just to give some, you know, give you some good information here in regards to that. But he said, if you go with the top um, companies like Purina, or, or some of these, you know, bigger, I think he said there were four or five that were big enough that they get first pick of, of mm. meat, you know, the kind of, it's like the byproduct or the secondary yeah. meats from human consumption, you know, the pet food industry gets the kind of leftovers, but you know, they might, if, if you're one of the bigger companies, you're going to get the better leftovers and the ones at the bottom who are, you know, can't get the 
good leftovers, they get the dead dog leftovers, I guess. Yeah. And, so, oh, man. and apparently that's that's an acceptable way to do business and, and they're okay as long as it's not killing dogs. And he sought some, you know, legal recourse, but his lawyer told him, Hey, you used it off label. You used yeah. dog yeah. food to feed a skink, you know. Yeah. So he wasn't able to make a case for for uh, going after the company. And I mean, other than the fact that you know, why are you using yeah. dead dogs in your dog food? That's disgusting. Yeah, it's like a soylent green. And, you know, yeah, soylent oh. green is made of people. Um, I that can't remember the a, brand of the dog food, or else I'd probably tell you. Just so that is above. That is above. That is thing, above. But, like. That is above the top on cringe worthy. Yeah, right. Horrible. Yeah. Like just like that's a pretty food. pretty scary. So yeah. anyway, you know, be be careful. And you know, that's why products like uh Rapashi diets are good because you know, you know they're prepared yeah. for animals and they're not, you yeah. know, ground up skinks to feed skinks or whatever. Uh anyway, that's uh, you know, kind of uh, a little bit sketchy. But yeah, you if you're gonna feed the animal to a king cobra, don't be you know, chemically euthanizing the animal yeah. with pentobarbital. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but you know, that's, that's an option. If you have a sick animal or an animal that's just failing to thrive, that might be a more humane method of, of euthanasia is having a, a vet put the animal down for you and then they can dispose of the carcass appropriately, things like that. They have, you know, incinerators and stuff. Um, so that's, that would be my recommendation. And, you know, usually it's probably better not to take matters into your own hands and, and have a vet do it properly. So the animal suffers less. So, um, but you know, there's very few exceptions where, you know, an animal should be called. I think there's, there's very few reasonable, uh, reasons to, to call an animal. I definitely don't disagree with that. I mean, I, I don't think we can call ourselves animal lovers and, and, uh, you know, divert to, 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 to calling when we don't like something that, that doesn't, yeah. you know, you gotta have a, at least have a fucking coherent, you know, uh, mantra about yourself. If you're going to call yourself an animal lover and, and, uh, you know, um, so yeah, I, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, I think it has its place. I I've kind of talked about the reasons why, um, you know, and captive, captive breeding has no deselection process. And, and so, you know, sometimes, and, and I think you are right. I think, you know, in certain situations, um, you know, animals will deselect themselves like that Sylvester line did. Uh, and so you will just kind of see them weeded out. And then I think in other times, maybe you need to make, uh, you know, some, some sound judgments, probably nothing that's a, a rush to judgment. And, 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 uh, you know, if you feel that, that that's a proper way to do something that maybe you seek your veterinary professional to assist you or advise you. I, I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, ultimately it's, it's, it's up to the keeper, but you know, if we we're going to tout ourselves as, as pro animal and pro life and, and, you know, um, uh, then, then we, we definitely, you know, can't, can't, can't be talking about just tossing shit in the freezer, uh, when it, when, you know, we don't like it. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I mean, I think, I think that's pretty, pretty squared away as far as, you know, um, the way I, I feel that calling is, is appropriate. And, you know, I, I think, I yeah. think there was some, some good statements made here today uh, that, you know, definitely um, think through, you know, how you keep the way you keep and, and who you are as a keeper. Um, mm -hmm. Is that, that it all matters a lot. 
Yeah. Well, and, and I think too, I, we might've hit on this <laughs> on our first go around, but, um, some of the giant, uh, you know, importers and, you know, there've been some, you know, pretty, uh, despicable things that have come out of that where, you know, they just kind of treat all that, you know, that thing's not going to make it or, you know, they have a lot of sick and dying animals. I think, I think any, you know, ethical importer should have some sort of euthanasia protocol where if they see that an animal suffering or that it's going to die or that has wounds that are not going to heal or is not fit for the trade, they should probably have, you know, some kind of euthanasia protocol. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, giving, giving a point to you that there, there should be, um, ways or, or appropriate ways that these a- people can deal with animals that are probably not going to yeah. do so well. So, yeah. um, that's, that's probably a common thing with imports. But yeah. Yeah. Make- and go ahead. No, I go ahead. Yeah, uh, I was just going to say it, it is and it is unfortunate because you you do see some some importers who are doing just really great. They're they're really great. Their animals mm-hmm. always look really great. You could tell they take care of them, you, you know, and you and then there are those other importers who you can tell almost don't even open the box. You know what I yeah. mean? They, well, yeah. However, the animal comes in, they literally turn around and ship it to you the same way and you open yeah. it and the animals, you know, the story of the common DOA animal, like what a ridiculous, what a ridiculous thing for, for, for a commonality of a DOA animal mm-hmm. coming in. And, and it's like, you know, enough people put their hands on these animals and travel is fast enough nowadays that there's really no excuse for that. And it's, it's just, you know, when you hear that, you're just like, that's fucking flesh peddling. They don't give a yeah. fuck. And if they you don't if, give a fuck. Yeah. If you're bringing in animals, yeah, you need to respect the animals. And that goes back to kind of the first point is life is precious. You know, let's yeah. respect life regardless of if you're, you know, excited about that life form or not, you know, I, I try to educate people. I, I love the, so I, I use this one at the family reunion cause I've got a couple cousins that were afraid of snakes or that have killed snakes. And they were talking to me about it. Like, you know, what do I do if there's a snake? And, you know, I, I, I use the example, like, you know, snakes are the only thing that it's where it's almost acceptable or, or, you know, socially acceptable to say, Oh, I killed a snake once, you know, I cut yeah. its head off. If you, if you replace any other ant, like if you replace puppy with snake, oh yeah, I killed a puppy once. I cut its head off. People would lose their minds. Oh, yeah. you know, you'd be in jail. For sure, but for you sure. can talk about that all day about snakes, and nobody bats an eye because oh, snakes are evil. Snakes are of the devil. Whatever you know, that's that needs to stop. Sure, <laughs> you know, we need to. Well, and and I always tell people, and and this will hit both of your your points. Uh, <laughs> is is I always tell people, don't fear snakes, fear rodents, because rodents vector human disease, and a rodent can make you sick. Snake mm-hmm. will eat a rodent, and and you're not gonna jump a disease from a a, a a rat to a snake to a person. That's too big of a jump. They're they're an intermediary stop. In the same way that spiders eat mosquitoes, mosquitoes mm-hmm. vector human disease. But yeah. everybody's fucking scared of spiders. I yeah, mean, nobody likes mosquitoes, spiders. especially you. But <laughs> you know that 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 it's 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 a it's a it's a it's a misthinking on our part. We those things that we can't identify that are so foreign to us or weird to us. And there's like you know kind of a floating like. Uh, uh, you know, uh, ethic to it where, you know, people think octopuses are cool. Well, you know, they are cool, but they're really weird and they're really different. 
like yeah. a snake or, or, you know, like a spider. But for some reason, people can gravitate towards an octopus because I think there's an intelligence there or something that they can identify with. Whereas with a spider or with a snake, they don't see that and they, they, they can't identify with it at all. So all of a sudden, because you can't identify with it, it's useless. And, and it's, that's just such a, it's such a short you know, way of thinking, uh, for, for how, how our, you know, how our planet and, and it's, it's, uh, fauna is constructed on this earth. Yeah. Hey, talk about smart or talented. I cannot weave a web (laughs) with string coming out my butt, you know, like that's, that's impressive that they can make those structures. Wow. dude, I can't even win a coin toss. (laughs) I want to see you Weave a web with string coming out your. If that's I could pretty, do that, if I could cool. do that, I would let the whole coin toss thing go, but I can't. <laughs> so you know, every animal is is uh, smart in its own way and adapted in its own way. And you know, I, I also use the example when you know killing a snake. Uh, I I believe this was a study done in Australia. You know, in regards to like eastern browns or things, but they they estimated that every time you kill a snake, you sacrifice an acre of grain to rodents Hmm. because the snake is out of the, you know, natural web. And so, you know, snakes are what, what are here to take out rodents? You know, that's, that's the natural way of things. So you can either kill all the snakes or kill all the predators and then have to deal with all the pests and have to poison them or, or whatever, or you can leave them alone and and do things the natural way. Well, and I think, you know, when you see like, the more humans muck with the the natural makeup uh, of an animal biome, the more fucked up it gets. And then, and then we, we introduce species that we think are going to fix it and it screws it up even worse. So like literally every intuition humans have about interfering with the natural web of nature is wrong. Um, But, but you know, we're making impacts in other ways. So not, you know, not, intervening sometimes is almost just as bad as intervening and making it. I think we make it worse no matter what, uh, whether we intervene in the animal part of it or whether we don't, you know, or whether we just keep messing up the environmental part. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, well, definitely uh, food for thought. Hopefully uh, everybody got something out of this and we can, uh, you know, impart some, uh, different thoughts that you might not have considered. Um, yeah. Definitely think it over and uh, make your own judgment or make your own uh, plan for appropriate euthanasia if needed and hopefully avoid avoid it if it's not needed. So that's right. <laughs> thanks for listening. But um, I, I, I neglected to talk about the uh, south, uh, the northeast, north, northwest. West. Where, West. what direction are we here? West side. West side. Yeah. Northwest Carpet Fest sound like they had a lot of fun and, um, I think we missed out. I, I, uh, couldn't, I I couldn't justify it. Couldn't make it. Yeah. I saw a picture of Ryan and Nick hugging on the couch. That (laughs) it looked like it was a good time. Yeah. It was a good time. I'm sure. I'm sure sure the debates were heated and, 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 
Yeah, they should have recorded that. That would have been fun to listen to, you know. Yeah, Sometimes I think you, Brandon. You know, I think Brandon touched on that. He, he said yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. Did. We we couldn't put that kind of information out on the internet that, yeah. that was given out. So, and, and I guess that's kind of the <laughs> point. If if people know they're being recorded, they're not going to talk about some of the things that they might talk about otherwise. So, right, you, you kind of get yeah. get some inside information or whatever. But, well, it, yeah. and it's one of those things where that that's what makes, and that's what I was saying is like I like I like going to shows. I like you know stuff like that because you get people in not i don't want to say like intimate settings but more of a one-on-one setting where you get to talk to them and they're a little freer a little looser they'll talk to you you know you, you hear i mean heck that that time we we hung with casey lazic at narbc and heard all kinds of crazy stories yeah. it was just like that was the most awesome but good luck probably getting casey to run around and tell everybody those stories right yeah. so yeah. you know it's just one of those things where uh you, you know it, it's uh there's such a place for that that one-on-one interaction in the reptile community because there's such so, so many great people and so many fun stories and so much good conversation to be had. Yeah. I think, and I think uh, you know Jeff and Kendra, that was you know cool of them to host that and keep for that sure. going. Um, we're actually going to have uh, Kendra on the podcast here pretty yeah. soon. So yeah, we've got a couple of fights that look yeah. like they're going to be good ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the gauntlet is thrown down by our. Uh, Mr. Scott Iper. So, yeah. Did you hear yeah. that, folks? Justin and Scott Iper going <laughs> yeah, at it. He's, I'm he's excited. me to a debate about. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, that'll be fun. Um, we'll we'll have to record that here soon. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we should have some fun stuff coming up. Um, we appreciate the listens. Uh, go ahead and uh, give the other NPR network uh, podcasts a listen as well. There's lots of uh, good stuff out there, and and lots of content that that's uh, Eric and Owen have, have been, you know, they're, they're pioneering a lot of good stuff out there. All right. Well, I, I don't know if you caught the Mark O'Shea episode. I uh, haven't yet. And I filled herping podcast. Dude, I'm oh, waiting so I can sit. You are in and, for a treat. Yeah, that was I, really cool. Yeah. And part, it's just part one. So there's a yeah. part two no, coming. So I seriously, yeah, I seriously I'm hope that Eric j- just like tries to make this as many of a part series yeah. as because you could probably get, show upon show upon show yeah, out of mark yep. if he's willing to do it that's oh a, yeah i mean and it's dude. it's just great listening yeah. to that and i mean it's it's pretty uh, they basically just let him talk like there's a question and then he just talks so you're just like enthralled it's that's really awesome. great you oh, know there's I can't no wait to no talking to over him they did a great job with oh, that yeah. episode so i'm, nice. I'm really really happy to listen to that and it, man it's making me itch to get back over to australia i bet dude oh i did i did another like bad move i i uh, read the red-bellied courier it's like the one of the australian herpetological society publications you can get them free online but i was reading through and they were going like there was one uh a trip to the kimberly talking about finding rough scale pythons in the wild i'm like dang it get me over there i gotta get out there and try to find some of these things so i'm itching to herp again in australia and i'm gonna be herping in in arizona pretty soon here yeah, too. So that'll next, be a lot next of week uh two weeks i think two yeah. weeks so yep uh lucky enough to get get uh, invited along on this herp trip so it should be a what should be a lot of fun i really enjoy herping with these guys and yeah. so um hopefully we find some good stuff in arizona it's it's always it's it's getting trickier to to predict when things yeah. are happening like the monsoon happened 
earlier than anticipated. So hopefully it means there's some good activity when we're there, but it's it's really cool here, man. It's unseasonably cool for, for, you know, September, October timeframe. Usually it's hotter than Hades is ass out Mm -hmm. here right now. Yeah. Um, We had a bit of a dip. It's been a little colder here too, but I guess that's how it goes. And our fall is pretty short. (laughs) We have a very long winter that's miserable, but uh, I, 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 uh, definitely, uh, envy where you live during the winter. Yeah. You can keep your winter. I don't, but the the skiing is, is not bad. And we're actually doing that for our Christmas this year. We're getting everybody's ski passes. So that'll be fun. We do have big bear. We can go skiing if we need to, if you want to call that skiing. Well, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. I'm just saying uh, we have it. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. I'll, I'll let you have your big bear. <laughs> um, big I bear. mean, it does say greatest snow on earth on our license plate. And there's a reason for that. No, nope, that's yeah. fair. Utah's hey, a good place to live. You suffer for it. I do. You earned it. And we've got five, you know, national parks here. I, I really like living in Utah. Oh yeah. Gotta the, say. The, yeah. It seems like all of California seems to have that share of that because people keep moving here from California and well, driving up our property taxes. Listen, Come on, guys. It's settle not, down. It, it, don't, <laughs> don't think you're special. They're moving everywhere but California yeah. right now, which, hey, man, do it. Yeah. Go let them for go. it. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. it's funny. All these people who are like, I'm out of California. I'm going to get out of here. And they're never going to leave. They're not going to leave, but yeah. they, they keep threatening to leave. And I'm like, look, by the time you get around to doing it, it's just going to be as expensive as California. Like- <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> oh man. Prices here. Are ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway. It's, it's yeah. It's, All it's, right. uh, Sorry. it's, it's a good place to live, but it, it is fun to get out to Australia and other yeah. places to herp. So, um, Utah is wonderful and there is some good herping in the state where I'm at, you know, it's a little limited. There's some fun species to find up here, rubber boas and, you know, rattlesnakes and gopher snakes and stuff. But, you know, yeah, I, I like to see herp fauna in other, other areas of the world, but well, I think we're, we're good to go. Thanks yeah, for listening and appreciate you guys, uh, the support and the ideas we're getting. We're getting a lot of good ideas and looking forward to the, uh, intern versus the pod father and and the uh enforcer what do we call on <laughs> but uh that'll be fun to to watch them battle it out here soon we'll, we'll get that set up uh, yeah thanks for listening and, and if you want to uh, if you want to bring your ass on come on yep yep don't, yeah don't, don't be throw, shy throw down the gauntlet we're, like we're, we're getting, dude i'm liking it we're getting more people who are like i want to come on i want to fight about this so yeah I, let's yeah. let's keep it up man this is it's this is great. good i i'm i i want to i want to see everybody that i know fighting yeah well thanks for listening and uh tune in next week for another episode of reptile fight club and as always we're out fight club